What's the movie gonna be about? Mm, it's gonna be about an hour and a half. I hate long movies. It's about him working here. Wow, meta. Never seen a whole movie set in a convenience store before. Right? Thank you. I'm gonna fill the script with all the weird shit me and Dante have ever said or seen around here over the years. Oh, you should put in that stuff you used to say about the Death Star contractors. Get sued by Disney? Fuck that. Hey, hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome back to the one and only Cinemasters of the Universe podcast show. I just threw in a show there. I don't know if I like that. I, maybe I do. I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll test that out a bit more. I'm one of your co-hosts, Ron Avis, the rental king. You know me. I'm over on the left. And today, I'm going to be talking about Clerks 3 with my co-host, the man from the north. Uh, the man, I mean, he's just a man. He, like, he's like the dude. He, he abides. It's Adam Peterson. You're not allowed to rent here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Well. It's good to uh, good to be back and, and recording, just talking about a movie. Uh, we haven't been around a lot. Actually, no, no. Uh, take that out. Edit that out. Uh, what I'm actually meant to say was we've, re- we've been recording consistently and we releasing have, shows. This is, there's <laughs> so many shows that we've recorded. And we release them on every Wednesday Every other Wednesday, uh, yes. you can count on it being there. And don't don't challenge me on that because I'm going to go back and change all the timestamps to, to corroborate. And you can't stop us. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> uh, but Clerks 3, man, um, saw a movie that we're both hot, heavily invested in. We're both big Kevin Smith fans. Did a whole episode dedicated to Kevin Smith. So naturally, when this came out, you know... You had to see it, and then, of course, we had to talk about it, because I think this is the first time. Well, I don't know if we did any kind of show for Reboot. I don't think we did. We but, we may have had some kind of reaction to it, but it was... Yeah. I, I know I didn't get to... Because I didn't, I missed the, uh, the, the whole theatrical release for that, so I didn't get to see it until after it was already out on video. Mm-hmm. So it was well after it had been, had been out. Yeah, but so this this is like a cool like moment for our our uh, our little show. I got somebody who's just into Kevin Smith as me, and we can just talk about this new movie that's come out uh, from this director that we just really are heavily invested in. Just really really dig the dude, huge podcaster, one of the original OG podcaster guys, hustling. I'm just one of the greatest hustlers in the business of all time. You know, he's he's a hustler right up there with like an Ed Wood. The dude, he's the everyman. He is the everyman, but he has talent. I mean, he really yes. does have talent. Yes. I do think he's a good writer. He is a gifted storyteller. But he, yes, that is what he does. When he can tell a story, uh, especially when he has a, a live captive audience, 
I mean, he's one of the he's one of the all time greats. He's not a stand up com- like comedian per se, but he is. And that's what really kind of struck me about that thing that came out on where he recorded for Showtime, where it was just a stand up show. Yeah. And I never even saw that. I don't know why. I don't. I guess the events that were happening like right as that show was happening <laughs> kind of puts a damper on the whole thing. Don't like to think about that. And this movie is a very personal ode to his experience. Yes. He really injected his own life into and where in a way in in the first Clark's movie, I think he was writing about his friends that he really admired like a Brian Johnson, you know, like he, he's writing for Brian Johnson. Yeah. He was, he was going to be one of the other sounding boards, you know, until after he decided to give that role to Jeff Anderson and Brian Halloran. Uh, and he took on the silent Bob role, which is still pretty damn funny. (laughs) Uh, but shit, I don't know where where I was going with that. Well, when you, when you think, when you go back to original clerks, 94, yeah, <clears throat> he's coming off of a half a year of film school, Canadian film school, uh-huh. and he's thinking to himself, "Like, you know, I don't. Why don't I take the other half of my tuition, take that back home, and put that into making something?" And yeah. I mean, he's he's the guy that champions write what you know. I mean, you hear a lot of. I mean, that's the message from a lot of people, but he's always been write what you know. And, I mean, he was in his 20s at that point. So when you're looking at Clerks and you're looking at his circle of friends and his life experiences, like, he's he's very topical in that sense. And it, it really does capture the 90s. You know, I think that's a lot of, uh, a lot of what the, the critics say. Is like, it's very, I mean, it's very, you know, in, in the moment, this perspective that so many people had in the 90s. And that's why it got as much attention as it did, but it's like it, it was, it was perfect in what it was. And when you look at see seeing through carried into Clerks Two and Clerks Three and, and the rest of his projects, where he is yeah. now, you know, decades later, he's got so much more perspective on stuff and so I mean so many more stories to tell. Whereas, so you see that contrast of like, okay, you have this kid in his twenties who's talking about the way he sees the world, the way he sees life. Through yeah. the, through his own prism and those that are very irreverent, him. very nineties. Yeah. yeah, just that's just what Gen Xers were about. Uh, and I guess he was on the fringe of the, one of the first gener- Gen Xers. You know, nineteen seventy. I guess that's Gen X. Not really sure. More Gen X than what? Was yeah, it, boomers. Boomers that came out before Gen Xers. Gosh. Um, but yeah, I I like. He's he's really had this wild swing. He came out swinging with, like with Clerks, and I I mean Clerks is a seminal movie, like it, and probably more so Pulp Fiction. But those two movies in particular really, and it hasn't ended. It's still going on. That pop culture into ev- like tell a story and just inputs like just pop in some pop culture dialogue. People like that. Yeah. It's it's the nostalgia thing. People really enjoy nostalgia. We all do. We can't help it. We're just big dumb apes that like thinking about uh, the 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 good old days. And and this this Clark's three movie, like 
I wanted to do, I wanted to get on, we, we originally were going to get on and do a recording the night of seeing the movie. And we didn't, but part of it was one thing, but another part was just, I didn't know if I wanted to just talk about it yet. Because yeah. if I think about it more, I could have a totally a, a different opinion about the movie. And then, then I'll have just gone on record saying what I thought, you know? Like, yeah. That's, that's like my permanent record. What I initially said. So I was like, I, I think a week's good because the way this movie is distributed, you only had a three day window to go see it in theaters. And there are, there is no video distribution yet that I know of like, a, you know, the digital video. So what the only way to see the movie now is if you happen to have uh, your town is, is part of this convenience tour yeah. that he's doing where he's, he's going city to city to the same thing with Jay and Silent Bob reboot. It was the only way that he could really afford to make the movie. He couldn't afford to just spend a bunch of money to market it. And then it just not happened for him. Like he just completely cut out all of that. <laughs> just it's really smart. And apparently Miramax was happy enough with, with the profits that they said, yeah, we'll totally, we'll just do that again. <laughs> well, I, I like, uh, cause I know. <clears throat> well, but what I was going to say, what I was going to say real quick is I don't yeah. feel too bad about spoiling things. Cause this, I, I, I think this is going to be like a spoiler filled episode <laughs> oh yeah we're we're going to talk about the entire movie yeah. so if you I think have if we had done it, it the night of we would have kept it more broad sort of how yeah. we felt about the movie but now that it's been out a week and you can't even see it in theaters anymore like let's just talk about it and you'll see it eventually or you you can come back to this episode whatever yeah. you like so this is a fair Hell, warning. i may come back to it after i get to see it again yeah oh i de- i know I'll, i mean there I, i'm eager to and i'm hopeful um, I, I, I don't, I don't have high hopes for it, but I am still hopeful is Lionsgate who uh, did help, uh, distribute the movie, um, has garnered kind of reputation as of late for putting together some pretty, uh, pretty awesome steel books, um, when, when releasing things. Oh yeah. And so I know that, that, you know, Kevin Smith, especially, you know, on the clerks three, you're talking real niche marketing, but you know, it's not like they do a lot of uh, you know, when they produce these. I mean, they're limited runs, anyways. So I have I have my fingers crossed that this one is at least a, a you know a big enough because there's a lot of people. A lot a lot of your Kevin Smith fans are people that are probably still on the physical media collecting side, and I think you know cuz i know that uh, that dvd money is is not money that they necessarily count on as much anymore but i think if lionsgate is distributing it and lionsgate does um does do something physical you know they're they're behind it it would be excellent if they were to do a steelbook for this so i'm i'm going on record as hopeful for that yeah i would definitely buy that if that would be the case yeah i you know, I, I will just we'll just come right out uh, up up front uh, on top. I I had high hopes. Clerks two is my is I is yeah, it's my favorite Kevin Smith movie. I'll just go ahead and say it. I I've watched it countless amounts of times, and it never fails to charm me. Never. It always makes me happy. 
and to 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 tease this Clerks three movie for such a long time and not have it come, not you know not to have it get made for this reason or that, you know one person's not happy, so you know we got to make sure the whole crew because you can't you can't do the Clerks movie without Dante and Randall. Absolutely. Don't even don't even bother. Even if Elias stepped in nobly, and <laughs> uh, uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of of Elias in this movie. I'm just gonna go ahead and say up front. I was very happy that he returned. Trevor Trevor Furman was having a good time. <laughs> uh, but just so yeah, right off right off the top, and I I've struggled with it, man. I keep going back and forth. I I like it. I'm I'm I'm. I'm warming up to it now a little more and more, but when I first saw it, I, there was definitely a tinge of disappointment with the handling of Becky. Um, you know, yeah, no, no indication from trailer or it grabs because you saw even in the promo stuff when they were doing like principal, you know, like photography and just shooting the scenes with Rosario, she's there, she's there with them. Yep. And it's like you get her, but you don't really get her because he's played, she's played as sort of the figment of Dante's imagine, like he's kind of grief stricken yeah because he was he was going to be a father becky was pregnant and i mean obviously she was pregnant at the end of clerks too yeah so what basically happens off screen is moments after (laughs) the ending of clerks 2 days or weeks because she was ready to pop at the end of clerks 2 when they panned out to black and white and they were fixing up the uh the store she was very pregnant and, and in delivery, she dies. I mean, we'll get more, you know, into it a bit more later, but it's a humongous. Uh, I felt betrayed a little bit. Like, I felt kind of saddened because one of the biggest reasons Clerks 2 is so strong, in my opinion, is because of Rosario Dawson. <laughs> she elevates that movie a lot. And she really makes it believable that she would be in love with, as Randall would say, this chud guy, this, you know, <laughs> n- fugly. <laughs> like his <Yeah>. was, <laughs> but she's so good of it. She's such a good actor. And she's such a bit like she's so much better than everyone else. <laughs> they're, they're hanging in there. I mean, <laughs> they're doing their best. They're hanging in there. They really are trying. But you know what I mean? I mean, how do you feel about Rosario Dawson? Are you a fan of Rosario? Oh, yeah, the the thing Did you uh, have the same feelings that I'm talking about when you saw cuz they <sighs> they kind of they kind of like blow past it a little bit at first. You're like, "Wait a second. Did did she just and then they kind of talk about it more later to just sort of cement the idea or or not the idea, just the cold hard fact that yeah, she died. <laughs> She died while having child. So sad. But yeah, please. Rosario Dawson, uh in 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 that reveal in particular. Like, well, because what because Clerks Clerks 2, um 
I think Clerks 2, because I'm in the same camp as you. I, I, I don't, I mean, because I, I enjoy Clerks 2. Uh, I think Mallrats, even as, you know, crappy as it was and as, you know, as all, all of its flaws, I, Mallrats was my entrance into the world of Kevin Smith. So, I, I like, for whatever reason, Mallrats will always be my favorite. Dogma is the one you, you know that he waited to make until he was a studio-ish director. Yeah. But it's one of those, like, when you, because I, I feel like Dogma, because Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back is a big studio movie, but it's, I mean, it's just, you know, it's there to make money and for its own gratuitous silliness. I mean, it's not really, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's reboot on steroids. I mean, it's fun. I love Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but. Oh, my you, God. When you it, think it's about, in my top three, Kevin Smith, maybe uh, top five. I'll say top five. When when you think about because I because I, I kind of put Dogma and Clerks two next to each other mm-hmm. for the best production value and whatnot. And Dogma is a I mean Dogma is a really interesting story and there's a lot of fun stuff and it's very true to Kevin Smith. But I feel like where Clerks two really outshines is Clerks two is still kind of I feel like it's truer to Kevin Smith. There's it really is clearly plenty. I mean, plenty of his background and upbringing and whatnot drives the story of dogma, but it's, it's out of all of his movies. It's the most of a, just a story, a fantastic story, not yeah. really rooted in like the relationships of people. It's, I mean, clearly that's the mechanism, but it's like, it's all fantastic. It's all, you know, and there's angels and there's a shit demon and there's God and there's, the, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's all of these elements that are fantastic. They're not right. you know, down to earth. Clerks too, you get that same production value, that same quality, yeah. uh, the same look, the same aesthetic, the same, you know, and, and even out of the players, I mean, even out of, you know, Brian O'Halloran and uh, Jeff Anderson, I mean, those guys that are, I mean, are not great actors. They've gotten to know these characters and they play them well, but they're not great actors. Rosario yeah. Dawson definitively outshines everyone because she is a much better actress than everybody she's else in the so, film. She's so natural, man. And so, like, you really she, appreciate what good acting is. No offense, I love Kevin Smith and and the and the crew. Yeah, they just you see how good of an actor she is next to those to those other well, actors. And, and I think when when you're building off of that, when you say okay. If I'm somebody that exists in the world of Kevin Smith fandom, because the I mean Kevin Smith movies, I feel like I mean the, to me they kind of at this especially at this point, they you you're it's kind of like a Christmas story. You're either a fan or you're not. There's not a lot of people mm-hmm. that are fringe. Like oh, I kind of like it's like there people might be don't some, come around to it. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> especially at this stage of things like Clerks Three reboot. Like if you're still on board here, it's because you're a dedicated. Kevin Smith fan, and mm-hmm. it's a it's a good size following. I mean, it's not huge, but it's a good size following. There's a lot of people that appreciate his body of work. He, and he doesn't he doesn't lose fans. No, he just keeps the ones he had, and you know, I you know I, I'm sure some younger curious fans will pick up in you know in and out, but yeah. He's not he's not relevant to the youthful like voice by any means. Yeah. And he's still a very progressive guy. Don't so get me you, wrong. you have clerks too, which, you know, if I'm, if I'm looking, if I'm surveying the landscape of Kevin Smith films, you really do have something that shines as a, 
really, I mean, as a well put together movie, you know, mm-hmm. looks great. It's, you know, it's clearly got, I mean, he, it, it's using all of the things that he had amassed at that point, his, you know, technologically, all of the different, you know, ways that he had shored up his filmmaking, you know, his relationship with other, I mean, even just, you know, you have cameos of other actors. I mean, you have Jason Lee, who at that point had, you know, kind of, he, he's not a great actor, but, you know, he had carved he was an in-demand guy he, yeah. he was definitely always working he was he was doing the earl movie yeah show so he had carved time. he had carved out a niche for himself and I mean, in the were, chipmunk movies yeah, yeah. i mean there were there, so he was i mean he's a real actor as well you know yeah. he's not just one of the one of his buddies he's somebody he's worked with but it's and like, he he stands toe-to-toe with ben affleck who i yeah. think is also oh, yeah, a really totally. good actor too so i mean he's so legit you you have um, you ha- and you you get a couple of cameos of other familiar faces. So when when you have Clerks too, you have a really I mean you have you know people that can appreciate what the the world Kevin Smith has created up to this point. You get the in jokes. You get the in, you get all the things mm-hmm. that you love, and you get a really well put together movie. Yeah. So and then when you when you're analyzing it and you realize how big of a part of not just the story but the production as well that Rosario Dawson is when you're going into Clerks 3 you're you can't help but have some kind of expectation for how that's going to evolve that story because right. you have I mean one of the primary characters there Dante yeah. who's now going I mean he's if we're progressing down this this road that has been, you know, as being paved in front of us, he's going to have a wife and a kid. Mm-hmm. And so you would have to imagine at least to some degree, okay, how does that really change the relationship between Dante and Randall then? Because it, it, it doesn't have to change it to the point where it doesn't make sense, but it definitively has I, to change I it. Think, I think they killed her off to preserve the... Uh, chemistry between the two of them. I think that's. I think that's the only thing that makes sense. Uh, sacri- so he wrote it in a way that he gets to use her, yeah. and she gets to shine. Uh, and and even Brian, you know, I, I've read on, you know, I've read people out there say that he's has a really good performance. I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> it was it was his most intense work for sure. It was the best you're ever going to get out of Brian O'Halloran. By, yeah, by probably. far, it, there there probably. were there were moments where it, it was it was it was hard just because of like if you had a better actor here, like he play. I mean, he is Dante. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. But if you had a better actor here, yeah, the emotion would come through. I'm like the emotion came through well. I mean, he did well, it. like a guy like Ben. You know, like a guy like Ben would would pull that off. I mean, yeah. If you had, if you had I, a real, I'll say that Jeff Anderson actually had more convincing. There was a moment at the end where I was con- like, I was like, Jeff Anderson is just thinking about something awful right now because <laughs> he he is wailing real tears. It seems like. Well, and it, I thought I bought his crying so much more. <laughs> he just makes me I liked, makes me liked, worry that it's from a real pay, like place of pain. <laughs> yeah, I, I like because the for for the parts where I felt like Brian O'Halloran struggled a little as far as his, you know, believability. 
I I struggle with Jeff Anderson when he was doubling down on the this is my movie. This you know like the selfish yeah because yeah. I was like okay the the hard part is here it's like because because you've had the because you had the scene at at the end of Clerks too where they have their you know they're having their conversation in jail at the very end. Right. It's like okay, you know that these two guys do genuinely care about each other. They might not. Oh, you know, yeah. They might not have those those kinds of conversations a lot, but it was when I was like, I that was that was where I struggled with Jeff Anderson because I'm like, and it wasn't really his fault. I mean, it was like you know that was where it's like it wasn't lazy, it wasn't bad writing. It was just it didn't work exactly the way it was the catalyst we you know you kind of needed. I which yeah. I hate to say, but it's like. Be, I think but it I was know exactly. I know what you mean. Like it was, it, the character would have been too self-aware to be that selfish. Yeah, like I it, think so too. Yeah, Randall at that point, like, yeah, like I get that he's wrestling with this, you know, this new outlook on life because he's had a heart attack. Right. Um. And throughout the movie, he's been kind of jokey with Dante about like putting all these responsibilities on him, like he normally would. He would just kind of defer to him, like here do all my shit work because I don't feel like doing it. Right. But it's like you get to the point where it's like, okay, he's not so obtuse as to be that selfish that he can't see that he's genuinely hurting his friend at this point. And right. so that was where it's like, okay, that was kind of my counterbalance for the two of them. It's like there were some parts where Brian O'Halloran's emotion, I mean, because there were some parts of his emotional, you know, acting that he did really nail. He did well. Yeah. There were other parts yeah. where it's like, Ah, this is a little cringy because it's like I know that you're trying to give like a Daniel Day Lewis kind of performance here, but you are not Daniel Day Lewis. You are Brian O'Halloran <laughs> playing Dante Hicks, who yeah. it's just not. Who is who is probably just you? <laughs> yeah, it's like so. I mean, it's like I I that was we love Dante. We love it, Dante. That's the thing. It's like okay, I I'm always going. I'm like I'm gonna compensate for it. It's like. You know, if if I'm being because if I if I'm an outside observer, it's going to be really easy to you know put put all kinds like oh here's here's a here's a red X here's a red X. If I'm going to just judge this as like okay, Clerks Three is a movie in the same way <laughs> that you know I'm just yeah. like put put it on, let me watch it. It's like okay, neither of these guys are great actors. Like what the stories is like if I'm not invested in, in in all this and I'm just watching, it's like it's easy to you know pull it apart be like why would you ever watch this movie but it's like, also in the original clerks being in black and white and having that real sort of almost like you're watching security tape footage yeah their their performances just match the aesthetic of the film you know oh, yeah it just it works so well which is why i will give everyone jeff anderson brian halloran and they all elevated their game for clerks too they helped make that movie great. Don't oh, yeah. get me wrong. Like they all took a big leap from the first Clerks movie to the second Clerks movie, which Absolutely. is why which is why when I watched the third Clerks movie, I felt they weren't as good. Like I don't think they were quite as sharp as Dante and Randall. Um it just it was fun, it was good, but it just felt it felt like kind of like watching an episode of Seinfeld where they work in the clip show. Yeah. You're just kind of getting like clip show stuff. Like, oh, I'm laughing at stuff that I used to really like. 
And one of the reasons I dug Clerks 2 is it really it advanced their life. They went they went from those like guys in their early 20s slacking going to a you know 10 years later to a fast food joint in their 30s. Yeah. Only because their other job burned to the ground. Yeah. You know, they probably would have stayed there forever. So I really enjoyed the the idea of Clerks Two, and then just how the how everything grew. Going to Clerks Three, oh, it's, it's a weird like. So the movie starts out everything as you would you remembered it. You know, they're kind of having the whole hockey game on the roof montage, and you're sort of getting reacquainted with uh, how old everybody looks now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's fun because the family's there. It's kind of like the Fast and the Furious where they have that barbecue at the end of every movie. Yes. It's all of the VSQ people. It's the comic book yeah, men the comic guys. Book the man, I love em, that. Tell them Steve Chen. Dave guys. Oh, my God. When Ming Chen faced off against Dante, oh, I was like, great. What, what a great honor for Ming Chen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was the position that Scotty Moe once held. Yep. Um who is also in this thing. So yes, it's amazing to see all these people again. Like there's, there's, um, Walt, Walt's there. He's having a good time. Oh, Walt and Steve Dave. Oh yeah. Steve Dave, all those guys. And it's fun, but I'm like, you know what I'm looking at? I couldn't help but just go They're They're lingering on this a little too much. It looks too much like there's no fucking way they could have a fun game of hockey on that tiny ass, like, you know, five foot by five foot pad. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this is, Clark. this is a, I mean, like, especially cause now you're like, you got like drone shots and you bet like when they were doing it before, yes. it's like these real yes. tight shots to where you're like, you're just having to imagine that it, there's he, but it was better filmmaking because he made it seem like it was big enough to have an actual game of hockey up there. When you see the drone footage and it's just like this tiny ass roof. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, thanks for ruining the uh, roof hockey for me. I mean, it really kind of tainted it. <laughs> well, I'm like, not going to lie. It wasn't a great <clears throat> start for me. Part, part of the uh, part of the problem is like because we all have those things that we like to bring with us in life because at this point it's like you know I, i'm i'm gonna turn 40 in february and so it was like you go back i mean 90 in 94 when clerks came out i was 11 so yeah, it was like I, right. I didn't i didn't have i mean i couldn't you were overlap. A ch- you were a child <laughs> i was just it was like i was the kid you know i was like i'm the kid that shows up and buys cigarettes you know that you know the the that uh <laughs> Randall just like gets, sells to me. Gets slapped with a fine. Like so I like. Fine. Um, it, so I, I mean, I can't relate to it in real time. It was like I, I, my a couple of my buddies introduced me to mall rats first when I was in high school. I was, a, I think, it was a junior in high school. I was like, oh, I love this. And then clerks because I worked in a video store my senior year. I was, I mean, I just, I mean, I and then I when I was as junior senior in high school. That's when I was really, I mean, like I loved, I mean, I'd always loved movies, but like I had really started to get an interest in filmmaking. Like, you know, I was reading books on script writing and, you know, and I was paying attention to things in movies, not just watching them for the story. Like, 
you know, you start paying attention to cinematography, you start paying attention to music, you start learning directors, you start, you start learning more about, you know, and really absorbing the whole product and not just the output. And so, yeah, you take a thing that you love and you yeah. want to understand how to make the thing that you love, like what goes into this? And, and that I was, know, I know they're making it look easy, but a lot of stuff goes into this. Well, and, and that was, cause that was a thing like once you start, you know, hearing the story and this, you know, when I'm, you know, I'm a, a junior in high school in the year 2000. So it's like, you know, you're the beginning days of when the internet is really starting to kind of take off. So it's like this getting to know the story of Kevin Smith is still not necessarily something you just go to a website and like, Oh, here, let me read his Wikipedia page and learn everything about Kevin Smith. Like right. you kind of, it still kind of trickles in a little bit. So like, okay, here's a guy, he's a self-made guy. You know, he wrote about what he knows, wrote about what he loves. He's shooting movies with his buddies. Like, Oh, this is, you know, and he's like, and you're like, okay, he's irreverent. He's sarcastic. He, it's, you know, it's relatable, It, but it's still, mm -hmm. it's stupid, but it's still smart. So it it's balances self deprecating that. and yet yeah. genius. <laughs> so it's like, and it was, so it just kind of stands out. And so it's one of those things like, you know, it, it, time at this point in life starts to feel like the frog in the boiling water. It's like, you don't realize, like, you know, I, I, I can't not in my brain, I can stop and recognize, yes, I'm an adult. Yes. Mm -hmm. I pay bills. I have my own children. I'm responsible. I do all these things. I'm not out pretending to be a skateboarder, you know, but it's like, but I still like the things that I liked when I was a kid. And when I was a teenager, it's like, I still listen to blink 182 and newfound glory, <laughs> but it's one of those things. It's like, even those, like when they've come out with new albums, it's one of those things that's different now. Cause it's like, okay, well like you guys are all married. Some of you guys right. have kids. Like you can't sing about like, Oh, no. the, you know, this girl broke up with me in third period. And when, I'm, when the, when the lie is revealed, yeah, it ruins it. <laughs> so it's one of those things like, you know, you had clerks and it, I mean, it, it worked. I mean, like they clearly, they represented, you know, the people of that time. And then you get to clerks too. And it's a number of years later and you're like, okay, you guys are in their thirties working at a fast food joint. It's like, that's not out of the question. And especially right. these two guys, they're slackers. You know, they're but characters. these are two. The guys, these are definitely two guys we could believe. Yeah, would still like, be working at it. They just would move over to a movies. And but just now it's like not stop. Just fall into the same rhythms. Now these the guys previous. are like, like you know, mid to late forties. Like you know, you're coming up on fifty. It's like I know you guys own the Quick Stop, but it's like. I, I, I'm I'm you're, I'm really not supposed to differentiate the fact that you're still just working in a convenience store at that point <laughs> in life, and it's like for the rest yeah. of us, it's it's not like you know we're like oh we went all corporate and like oh we were it's like no I mean if anyone's ever listened to this podcast like a couple of white broad like we make silly stupid jokes all the time like we still have all juvenile senses of humor it's like Absolutely. we're not straight laced this and that it's like but at the same time it's like as crooked as they come. At the, at the same time, <laughs> it, like if I was still covering shifts at a video store, I can't, you can't have, I, I mean, that, that's why they pay you the shitty wages they do because you live at home or you live in a crappy apartment or you live with roommates. Like when you're this age and you have kids and you have a wife or you have, you know, you have a, you have a world that you're responsible for. Like, 
I can't work in a convenience. Even if I own the convenience store, like I can't work right. in a convenience store right. and support a family. No, <laughs> they'd never see me. So I have I, to work there all the time. I mean, it's uh, uh, yeah, it's like that's the thing. It's like okay, so you. I mean, there. You don't want because it's this world that you can you can kind of come and go like you can be on the outside and watch and enjoy it from that perspective. But in the previous iterations, it was like you could fancy yourself as part of it too. Like, okay, I could see a little bit of myself in these characters. And so you could relate to them in that respect. And now it's like, I think especially too, because like, because I do know that all of these guys are successful and, you know, like they've all done really well. Like none of them are actually still just working at a convenience store. Right. I mean, even the comic book man, they're like, Oh, we work. At right. A but it's like, yeah, but you guys are going to conventions and you guys like, it's right. not like you guys are like, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I'm getting by paycheck to paycheck. It's like, you know, you guys aren't necessarily a list celebrities, but like you guys are doing okay. No, so exactly. It, it, there is a little bit of that disconnect where it's like, it gets hard, and and I, I to your point earlier about to Rosario Dawson, I think I think that was the thing is like, it it, it was, it, it again it's it's not lazy writing. It was just kind of necessary. It's like we can't really have her in this story, yeah, because it, it won't make sense. It can't work no. the way we want it to work. No, exactly, because you because she she would she she just shines too bright. Like you can't she can't just be around. Like she has to be around only to uh, help Dante cope. Yeah, like that's all. That's her only purpose of the movie is to just sort of be there for Dante, and she kind of Jiminy crickets in and out of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 makes things better. And it's also just this reminder that she's dead, and Brian is doing his best to to just convey that heartbreak. And, and for some people, it's worked. You know, I've read plenty of people who said that you know, like they they were crying too and choking up. Um, to each their own, right? But yeah, I, I think I, I I think that they wrote it that way so that they wouldn't have to change the dynamic too much yeah. of, of clerks. It works best when it's just Dante and Randall at each other like a couple of married broads, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, well just, because. It, she she would not she would not they're necessarily. absolutely meant for each other like yeah they, they are they are codependent friends and the even the, if dante had left and gone to florida he would have been back oh yeah <laughs> the the problem the problem with having rosario dawson in the mix is not that she would have had any problem with him running the quick stop or that being his life but like she would have wanted him to elevate his life to where he wanted to be. She yeah. did like, she would have like, it would have created a gap between him and Randall. Oh yeah. To where it's like, I mean, she was never going to be, I mean, she wasn't, uh, oh, who did, uh, Jennifer Schwalbach play? I forget her character's name. Emma. Emma. Yeah. That, yeah. that character clearly was, would have come between Dante and Randall. And oh yes, it was nothing but friction so. there. Which is, I mean, she played that role perfectly. But she it's really like, did. You would have had a not the exact same kind of friction, but you would have had similar to where it's like, okay, with her being a wife and mom, and then now Dante being a father and a husband, right? It would have. I mean, it would have had to change it's, the dynamics. It's only natural. It's yeah, only and, natural. 
and even even for Kevin, it's like when Kevin became a dad, and like when you hear him talk about his daughter, as like mm-hmm. he, I, I don't think he could have written the story and allowed Dante to just be an irresponsible jerk who doesn't really take care of his kid. You know, it's like, and right. not that he, not that he would have been that way, but it would have been one of those things. Is like if you're owning and running this convenience store and you're here every day from sunup to sundown. Well, he would never write Dante that way because he yeah. would never, of course, do that. Exactly. So it's, <laughs> it's like, like no, it's not writing what you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's and it's like, like when you see what Kevin has done for his daughter, it's like, okay, you know, I want her to be successful in this field too. So it's like, he, it's really his, sweet. You know, he's, he's just yeah. sort of kind of kept her close to home by giving her roles like little, and I'm glad, I'm glad. And I, I, I'm Harley Quinn Smith is fine. She's okay. I think she's a little stiff as an actor too. Yeah. But I like her. I think she's, a, I think she, I, I can just imagine the relationship that the two of them have. It's, it must just be hilarious. Like to read, to read their, you know, I am conversations would probably be to laugh. <laughs> yeah. And I'm glad that she wasn't in it a whole bunch. Cause that was one of my like early thoughts. Like, wow, Harley Quinn Smith is all over this fucking uh, reboot movie. <laughs> she is way all over it. Uh, and then she, she did. Okay. She's not bad. Uh, but again, it's like, I would rather be seeing more of Trevor Furman or, uh, or, or Rosario. Like it really kind of bites. And that's not even, and, and that's not even uh, mentioning that, you know, uh, Veronica was back in this thing. Yeah. Uh, God, I don't forget what her name is. Like Ma- Marilyn something. Yeah. I can't but pronounce her last name. I love seeing her again. That was one of the times where the aged character shows up and I was like, Oh, it's good to see Veronica, but no, <laughs> Caitlin like Bree. An old friend. No, Caitlin, of course. She no Asian design major. Died. <laughs> <laughs> uh maybe he's a vindictive printer <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a boy i'm an ex-boyfriend uh dante i just love that freaking guy um anyway so that that's okay and now that i've had time to rationalize it a bit more and put myself into the shoes of kevin smith and how he's writing how how does he stay loyal to the brand but also not being sensitive to the Becky character. And I think if you think of it like that, he really did a nice job. Um, so I've really kind of turned the corner and just accepted it is for what it is. Cause it does allow us to have fun in the sandbox of USQ. Exactly. The, all of the recreations of the scenes from the original clerks were hilarious, you know, and it was really funny and jarring to see just how old they looked. And they're oh like same, same outfits and shit. Like Dante is just just about completely bald all over. Yeah, uh, Jeff Jeff Anderson. I didn't think looked like he aged much up and you know till just recently. Apparently, yeah, he, he looked much older too. Um, uh, Kevin Smith and and uh, and Jay uh, Jason Mewes, they were great. I, I loved everything they did. I thought they were wonderful. I thought they were in it just enough. In front, and I want to I want to go into it a bit too. I don't know if now's the time, but um, it, it originally, from what I understand, remember we were we were having like an offline conversation earlier today, back back at the old uh, eraser packaging mill. Yes, and um, 
I, I had mentioned to you, I wonder what was that script that Kevin Smith wrote and it yeah. was, I mean, he's always been very high on his, when he writes the new script, he gets on Twitter, Instagram, and he's so happy. He just never seems happier than when he just finishes a script. And so, of course, he's talking so glowingly about it, but without revealing anything, of course. And uh, the roadblock was Jeff Anderson, who, it's weird, you know, he seemed to be taking the steps to be a, a, uh, a player in Hollywood for years to come. He, he wrote and directed that movie that also starred Trevor Furman. Yeah. It, it, it came out around the time of Clerks 2, and it was even a Kevin Smith cameo in it. But it wasn't bad. So he had aspirations of being maybe like a Kevin Smith story. But, and I'm going to have to admit, I don't know a lot of the details because I could never just get a straight answer why, but apparently like Jeff Anderson had turned into somewhat of a recluse in his days after that and just really didn't want to be involved with acting anymore. And I, if from, if I remember correctly too, he was, he was not an easy sell to be in clerks too either. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Yeah. I don't think he wanted to do it. I think Kevin Smith had to just really convince him. So when they did not make, the Clerks 3 movie in 2013. That is when the script was written. I know that we were talking about, was this like, this This was pre-Heart Attack, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was 2013. And I have been able to uncover some of the, uh, some of the parts of the script that just were, that got out. And Kevin Smith has talked about Clerks 3, what it was going to be, but it seems like he changes the story a little bit Every time he's kind of, you know, he'll be on somebody else's podcast or he'll be on a show or something and he'll, he'll talk about it, but it feels like not the same story. Like it's close, but not quite. So I just really, really wonder like why it didn't like what, why did Jeff Anderson not want to do it? Uh, why couldn't he be talked into making Clerks 3 at that time? This is a pre heart attack, Kevin Smith, who, you know, was, was not far off from making movies like, uh, cop out and uh, red state things like that. He wasn't too far off from doing those movies, so he he clearly still had a bit of juice left in him. If he want if 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 he can if he wanted to do it, I think he did the right thing and stepped back and just sort of created his own multimedia brand. That was genius. That really kept him relevant. Yeah, even to this day. Um, but yeah, the 2013 script was supposed to, from what I gather. Was gonna it was gonna that like it was gonna happen alongside of Hurricane Sandy because that happened along the Jersey Shore. Yeah. So it was gonna have, it was gonna be set, taking place sometime during that. You know, I guess comedy is mine from there somehow. I don't know. There's the drama, I guess, like just the hurricane. Uh, Dante is a as a single father uh, raising a deaf girl, um, and that the daughter and and Randall were like real tight like they 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 kind of like saw they appreciated one another so they kind of had this good relationship but but right there it's like well what happens to Becky in that cuz that my assumption was the Becky 
thing may must have been a new development for the for the for the rewrite. I don't guess so because he I, I guess he had plans from the beginning to off Becky and in in, in the original way, uh, allegedly people who people who claim to know because uh, I mean obviously we're not supposed to see that script. Um, Becky is killed by none other than Don uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, <laughs> accident, accidentally, like accidentally, they get killed, or she gets killed. So Dante is a single father raising his, their their daughter, who's deaf, and which is in, an interesting uh, character trait to just to point out. I, I'm not sure that that's cool. That's fine. So he's raising the daughter that that they were having. Uh, also, apparently, Jay and Silent Bob were heavily featured in the movie. Like the, the he he was really giving them a lot. Like it was going to be their retriumphant return. Like it was going to be a lot of Jay and Silent Bob, and apparently, like it was like some real wacky and cartoony shit going on in there. And another thing that was sort of weird was the Randall at in the movie opens a, a pop up quick stop in the mall parking lot. Uh, to capitalize on this ranger danger movie that is being made so there's some meta stuff going on in there like of course he's a big fan of ranger danger so i guess they're they must be filming scenes in a mall for ranger danger like that's part of it uh and then towards the end dante is diagnosed with cancer and is is given just months to live so you still kind of have that death of Dante. And the final note is the uh, daughter of Dante would be adopted by Randall. So like he, they would become a family and go on for them. That's like kind of the end of it. So it is surprising. Uh, Kevin Smith just knew from, it tells me Kevin Smith knew from the beginning we all love Rosario, but she just needs to go for this to make sense. And we're killing Dante at the end of the of the that's, of the trilogy. That's what it's uh, well, you know, and and with that end joke in the movie that that was you know supposed to be how the original Clerks, Clerks was supposed to end was he was supposed to get shot and die, right? <clears throat> Clearly, you know the the way that he you know I think that was always. It was like you can't end Clerks Two with him dying because you end Clerks Two with him and Becky getting together and she's pregnant, so it can't right. be that he dies. It was like, oh, uh, that would be, you know, that's even more downer than Empire. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah. but I think I think with that, it's like just you know, in thinking of kind of trying to piece some of this together, like if Dante was always going, because well, one of the first things, if any of the, I mean a lot of those elements you know him having a him being a single dad raising a deaf daughter who's you know her and randall get along great and this and that there's a lot of that that sounds a lot like jersey girl you you know you have oh, Bev, like, yeah. raising a single daughter whose best friend is essentially Which, her grandfather by the way is such an underrated movie <laughs> it's, it's, it's a really great movie and, and I, it's I, a really good movie <laughs> I think I think some of the because I think those are the kinds of things. If I'm Kevin Smith and I'm right and I want to write this, like I I, I know the things that I want to do, 
Like I know, I know I want Dante to die in the end. Right. So uh, there's a part of it where it's like, okay, if Dante's going to die in the end, that's going to leave Becky and this kid high and dry. Uh, So I was like, I don't know if it's just, and, and when you combine that with the fact that the presence of the two of them is going to make the Dante Randall relationship harder to be a focal point. Mm-hmm. If it, if you don't just kind of arrive at that conclusion, it's like if Becky and the kid die, then I don't really have to deal with that. And it's not like in a lazy yeah. way because it's a good, like one of the things that I will give the story credit for, and I will give Brian Halloran credit for is it's not like they, like he's playing two different characters, but I think what accentuates his dramatic parts is the understanding that he's feeling this hurt all the time. He yeah. just can't, he doesn't have the luxury of exhibiting it unless he's on his own. Like he, he knows like I, he wants to be able to, you know, clearly it, it impacts him even to the point where like, when he runs away from the movies shoot and mm-hmm. he goes and he gets drunk, it's like, clearly this is a huge issue. And what I, what I did like in that is, and where it made, it made some sense, but I, I felt like he leaned too hard into it with the Randall thing was it, it to me, that's where it really exhibited where there was a disconnect beca- between Dante and Randall because Randall wouldn't open himself up enough to notice how hurt Dante was like Dante is clearly holding all of this inside and in knowing the complexity of the relationship between Dante and Randall, Randall wouldn't necessarily want him to do that. But Randall's also not strong enough himself to be like, Hey dude, you could talk about this. Like you like they're ribbing and this and that is like, that was the nature of it. So Dante's never going to push hard enough to be like, Hey man, I'm really wrestling with this. And Randall's never going to open up enough to be like, Hey, if you ever want to talk about the Becky stuff, you could talk about it. Yeah. They're, they're part of that end of that generate, you know, like you just didn't talk about any, you know, like they're the, the tail end of that sort of way of life. And so pulled out of that a lot now. (laughs) It Well, and what was, what I did like about it is it really did, and it, it was almost, it was, I don't feel like it was an afterthought, like it just accidentally happened. I do feel like Kevin Smith wanted it to be that way, but it, it felt like here's these two guys that you know care about each other a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're best friends, but they're still, I mean, when Randall was pissed at him, it's like Randall knows why he ran away and got drunk. And Randall's right. still wanting to shoot this scene in the quick stop. Yeah, O'Halloran like, does some pretty good silent acting in his yeah. reactions to the movies when they were, guess, I guess, they're going to film the donkey scene. <laughs> yeah. he He's clearly, as you say, struggling with the ghosts of uh, his love of his, the love of his life. Yeah. Being reminded of that was just. You know, it, it, it really, it, it probably killed him, <laughs> honestly. Well, I mean, th- when you, when it, you think it, about it, it gave him, it really drove him. It probably stressed him so much that it, it drove him to an early grave. The, and, and when, when you look at, 
you know, this microcosm that they've created together here, this symbiotic relationship between Dante and Randall, you have this, you know, you have Randall really, or you have Dante just kind of sucking all that up and saying, I'm just going to go like, he, cause he can go through the motions. Like he can get up every day. He can get himself dressed, come down, open up the shutters, open up the store, fill up, you know, just that, that montage of things that happens at the beginning of the original Kirks. And then that they, mm-hmm. they revisit. It's like, he likes of, a routine. He is yeah. very structured and likes a routine. None of the things it, that he does requires him to push any harder than he has to. So he's just surviving. Yeah. And, and in doing that, he and Randall can go about their business day in, day out. And unless he on like, and I, that's uh, like, I, I liked that symbolically you had Dante go off on his own to visit the, the, uh, um, the cemetery and have that scene with Rosaria Dawson. Yeah. <clears throat> that was, that was his, you know, like, unless he was going to go specifically visit that, part of his pain everything else in life was just i'm going through the motions i'm at the quick Mm -hmm. stop randall and i are talking you know the minutiae of life is like we're yeah you know in our 40s going on 50s i'll just ride this out like he it's comforting probably to just not to lose it one of the big major heartbreaking things for me about dante dying you know i mean we we've talked we've talked about it he he dies yeah um it it really hits hard for me because he survives Dante. Yeah. And that I think back to that scene that it just, it works for me a lot. I, I understand the limit, the limitations of the actors and things, but I get it. Like I, I'm filling in their, you know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Just because, just because they can't all the way get it there. I am with them. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like along with on the journey with them. I know I can fill all those like gaps in and it works emotionally for me. Like I'm not cringed out by it or anything, but he's, you know, he's, 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 he's just telling Dante that he doesn't want to, I mean, he literally says, I don't want to imagine exi- an existence that you're not in, you know, he, yeah. he's it, he, the, the line that really hits is when he's like, what am I going to do now? You know, every everything is everybody is stupid and everything seems dumb to me. You know, like you were the yin yeah. to my yang, and so it, it really is like a married couple, and they were sort of that codependent relationship that only they two could have. Yeah, just had it's just the perfect storm of personalities to make that work. And he dies, and then Randall is there. And he kind of takes he, he kind of makes good on his word to to be best friends with with Elias now who we haven't really even talked about who, who just pops in and out of the movie. Like, I mean, he, he's, and he's got those, he has the, I mean, I, I, should we go back and just talk about the heart attack stuff? I mean, yeah, we know about the heart attack, Absolutely. Know, those, those things, but the movie starts out with Randall having a heart attack. And while they're rushing Randall to the uh, emergency room, to work on him, uh, Elias is waiting out in the, you know, the, the patients, the room. Hang on one second. Okay. So where were, we? I was talking about, uh, crap. <laughs> what was I talking about? Uh, 
let's see, Elias in the waiting room. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much there. <sighs> so, yeah, with, with Elias is with is with Dante and they they are of course very concerned for Randall cuz the three of those guys at that point are kind of like family, you know. They kind of were at Clark's too anyway with Elias being in he's stepping in as like the little uh like Butters type character from South Park, just real yes. sort of innocent and just doesn't pick up on things. And it's, it, it is just a fun, pure character. He's pure of heart. Elias is great. I always liked him in the in two. And I, if for somehow, like, even though I don't think he's really been acting or doing anything, like, I know that he was developing a video game for Kevin Smith. But that's what he does now. Like, he's not acting. He's making video games. <laughs> <laughs> so for him to just kind of come in and he's, he's sharing uh, the screen with... Uh, what, what was his name? Uh, uh, blockchain. <laughs> yes. That guy who's kind of like the next, gen, next generation silent Bob, right? And so Elias, he's praying. We know he's very religious from, from Clark's too. And he's continuing to be very religious. Um, he, <laughs> in a pretty hilarious turn, uh, desperately switches his lifelong devote devotion from Jesus Christ to, to suddenly well that's not working out now I'm talking to you Satan you know like you, <laughs> you're up to bat you know can you can you save Mr. Dante and he of course survives or not Dante Randall he survives and so he feels kind of like he has this epiphany where like oh my god my, my religion you know I I, I faithfully and I'm a you know, devoted uh, Christian and that does nothing for me. And the instant I turn to Satan, like he recovers, like, well, I guess I'm just going to go with that. So he's, he's got this sort of goth thing going on all throughout. And he, but he's changing looks and it, I it, love it his really looks. Rem- I just oh love God, it's every a new look. look that he had. Every new look was the best. It looked like he looked like Queen Amadala with just like all the head fucking and how, hair. I just I like how serious he was about it and how yes. no one ever was really like, what never, in the world are never, you doing? Never batted an eye at what no, they, they just were rolled seeing. With it. <laughs> He's got his little pin with the clipboard. He's like the producer of the movie. And I do, I do it, like, I, it's just like the littlest thing, but I don't know why. I always love that he calls him Mr. Dante. I don't know why yes. I just do. Yes. <laughs> it's such a little kid thing to do. Yeah. We love Mr. Dante. And and of course the uh like Randall will just sort of reiterate that. Like you love Mr. Dante. <laughs> just plays into it. So I and oh god, I love the whole like pillow pants discussion with with between Jeff, yes. Jeff Anderson and Trevor. For, uh, I mean, they're just hilarious. The whole Gobots and Transformers, Lord of the Rings. The movie could have been those two guys. Like, really, they have better chemistry than, than with Brian Halloran. I feel like there's more comedy there, and who knows? Maybe there'll be another movie down the road with those two guys. I don't know. Not to not to say I don't love Dante because as I've said many times already in this movie I love Dante fucking Dante was the king. Uh, I mean the '94 Clark's movie was just one of those mind altering sort of experiences for me in cinema. It just I didn't know movies could be made like that, you know. 
Well, that, I, that was the thing. That was the thing about Clerks too, is because the nature of the relationship between, uh, you know, you have Clerks and you have Rond- uh, Randall and Dante the whole day together, and Dante just keeps going on and on and on about Caitlin Bree and about uh, um, what's her face, uh, his actual Veronica. Girlfriend. Veronica, yeah. yes. And it's like you're going back and forth, and you know, at at the end of the day, it's like neither one of those really work out. So it's like it's, you know, it's it's like they were meant to be the two of them the entire time. And yeah, then yeah, they really were. We expand that, and it's like Dante really does kind of go off into this tangent with uh, Becky, and that's a real relationship. It's not like you know nothing really pans out between Veronica or Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Like I know Silent Bob has his line or Emma. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like Silent Bob has his line at, at the end uh, of clerks uh, that I loved that they, <laughs> that Jay just couldn't get it. And then he yes. Silent yeah. Bob was kind of like, you know, <clears throat> there's plenty of fish in the sea, but not all of them will bring, bring you lasagna on, your day, on their day off. Most of them just cheat on you. Right. And it's right. like, and what's, what's funny about that is like, it's, you know, it's, it's almost kind of designed to be this scathing remark on women when really and truly, when you look at the character of Dante, it's like Dante had a great committed relationship with Veronica and the whole time he's pining after Caitlin, who's a yes. total, you know, she you, has no you, real, you interest. could tell from the instant she shows up on screen, it's like, ah, oh, this, this, this chick's trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and so in the same way, it's like, okay, you're engaged to Emma and you're right. screwing around on the side with Becky. It's like Becky, who right. you, is who you should be with, but Becky you should you should be with, yeah. But you should just be like, hey, Emma, because it's one of those things. Like you know, Dante is still in the wrong there. It's like you're engaged to this chick, so it's like if that's not who you should be with, then don't be with oh my her. God, Dante is such a flawed character. He does <laughs> stupid shit all the time. He really <laughs> is. So, and, uh, but but it's part of the reason why you like him. He's just he's he's a vulnerable, real person. Yeah, and these are these are real life scenarios that people live. <laughs> and so, because you have this expanding universe, and you have, I mean, like even even spatially, that was the one of the things about Clerks too. Even just you know with the physical space that they weren't as cramped as they were in the Quick Stop. Right. There's there's kind of this. You know, this whole new element of like, you know, he goes off into the office with Becky. They go up on the roof. There's these other physical spaces that they go and be. Yeah. Yeah. And so with Randall, it's like, well, if we don't give Randall kind of his own side thing to do, it's just going to be weird. So it's like the introduction of uh, uh, what's his face? Um, Elias. Elias. The introduction of Elias, you know, really. And. in the same way that Becky and Dante really do complement each other, yeah. Randall and Elias really, I mean, they're the fact that Randall detests so many things about Elias <laughs> while at yes. the same time, really kind of, I mean, like, I mean, he loves him. Elias they're will just friends. be talking about this thing in earnest that he loves. And Randall will just be picking paper off a straw and flicking it at him like get it to his face <laughs> how disrespectful like, and disdainful well and, and even even when they had that moment when 
Dante goes to the hospital and Randall's like, I'm going to go finish the movie. And Elias kind of has this, he's like, what the heck are you doing, man? Like, right. Your, your best friend is here in the hospital and you're going to go finish the movie. What the hell's wrong with you? He's right. It didn't make any sense. (laughs) And what, what was nice in that is the fact that you start to see, you know, cause there's kind of this two tiered, you know, clearly Randall is in the hierarchy of this relationship. Randall is, you know, the higher evolved one. And, and Elias yeah. is the lackey. He's the little buddy. But it's like, but he's s- coming along though. Yeah, he's definitely s- come a long way since the, you start to see two. a merging of that, which is nice. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, uh, of when you really do examines, I mean, like there's definitively parts of clerks three that I'm like, I don't want to just criticize it and say it was lazy writing. It was, it was I, I, because I think the thing is because Kevin Smith, I mean, Kevin Smith could go and because it was almost like, I mean, it, I think to a lot of people, uh, one of the little jokes that I did like was that Randall goes and writes the entire script in one night. And Dante's like, <laughs> I wouldn't advertise that. But I was like, that's the thing I mean about Kevin Smith. <laughs> but that's Kevin, what Kevin Smith does. He Kevin writes Smith, it fast. <laughs> it was like, you know, because I, I think it was in his first, uh, one of the stories he was telling in his first night with Kevin Smith was, you know, I think, because I think it might have been the Superman treatment where they were like, they said, here, go and write an outline. And he wrote mm-hmm. 80 pages of dialogue in a night. Right. And they're like, do you know what an outline is? It's not 80 pages of dialogue. What the hell is wrong with you? Right. But it's like, that's, I mean, <laughs> and like Kevin just hears. But it showed his green, you yeah. know. <laughs> it, it showed, it showed his, yes, it showed his green in the industry, but it also showed where he really does shine because he sees and hears the yeah. whole conversation in his head and he just has to get it out. He's furiously typing. Yeah. It was like to think about writing 80 pages of dialogue in a night. It was he like, gets conversation between. Yes, he's very friends. good at that. And so, right. Like there, he, he's not, you know, he's not just lucking out on the fact that these relationships work the way they do. I think the thing was like, because I think one of the other limitations that he probably really understood was we want to go in some really emotionally deep places with this. And I trust Brian and I trust Jeff, but at the same time, these guys aren't a list celebrity actors. They're, I mean, they're no. going to give good performances and we're going to get the best out of them that we can. Right. But it's not going to translate to Academy Award performances. So I, I think no, they're, th- this is their swan song. I'm yeah. sure that, you know, j- th- this is their, uh, you know, oh shit, I don't, Godfather or whatever. <laughs> this is like, they're good. They're going to go out on that and, and I'm okay with it. I, I I didn't have so much a problem with how they because they wrapped it up similarly to they did Clerks two with the pan out, like you got the sense that Kevin Smith wanted to kind of complete this trilogy. Yeah, but he's he also didn't slam the door closed because they're panning back and they definitely seem to be chummy and like okay we're gonna you know you're you're my Dante now. And you pull back on uh, Harley Quinn Smith with the with the milk, yeah. Sort of, sort of uh, paying tribute. To she's the new milkmaid. From she's the new milkmaid, Kevin Smith's mom. Uh, so you know, I I enjoyed that. It made me feel like the story wasn't actually really over. We may not yeah. get another movie, but the story's not over. So that's comforting. There's, There's longevity for the these movie. characters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't talked. So I'm, I, I didn't. I wasn't sure how we were really going to 
discuss this. I mean, we've had a nice conversation about it. I'm happy. I feel, I feel, it feels very therapeutic to get this off my chest. I've had all these feelings and thoughts <laughs> wrapped up in my brain. It's like, I just, I've had nobody to talk about this with. <laughs> Nobody's seen it. <laughs> that's, that's why I was, so, I was so happy because I had totally forgotten that. I mean, like, I, I mean, I would, I uh, followed the, clerks three twitter account and i follow kevin smith and you know i'm on a bunch of stuff i mean i know kevin's been pretty active on on twitter and on tiktok and so i've been following a lot of stuff but it wasn't until that you had mentioned that it was coming out soon that i had really i hadn't really paid close enough attention that i was like oh crap because i was like i was really bummed out when i realized after the fact um because i think with reboot he just did they didn't do like you could go see it in theaters it was didn't they just do that? He came to certain cities, or did they actually do it? No, originally? no, they they did the they exact did the same, same thing. thing. Okay, it was the so same thing, but it was two days only. I think. Yeah. This time I think there was three days. Because I think that, that was the thing. It was just like it was so limited last time that I was like, I I didn't have the the opportunity to go see it in theaters. And so if like, you oh. weren't vigilant and just actively yeah. following Kevin Smith, you'd have no idea that it ever was there. You just wouldn't know. Because they give it, they put it in a smaller theater, you know, they stick it in like theater 10, 11, 12. It's not like it's front and center. You know, it, it's, it's, it's just a handful of devoted fans. And, you know, I laughed because I, when I was walking up to the counter to re- retrieve my tickets, I mean, I was, yes, I was wearing my movies shirt, but <laughs> the guy <laughs> took one look at me and he's like, you're here to see Clerks 3. And, you know, like, again, I looked at him in movies. I'm like, well, you know, like, even even if this guy's not, like, a big Kevin Smith fan, he is familiar with movies. And uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. He goes, yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty packed in there. He's like, they just, all the people in there, they look just like you. <laughs> like, the way he put it, it was, I didn't know if I liked it. It didn't seem like a complimentary way of putting <laughs> it. <laughs> like, oh, my God, all of those just shuddy guys like walking in there <laughs> but i don't care man kevin smith fans are real people <laughs> they're real people and uh, i i would love to just one day i should just start hanging on hanging around and just start talking to these people because they're probably my people you know what i mean oh absolutely <laughs> Pro- probably like missing out on a lifetime good buddy uh, just by not <laughs> overcoming the weirdness of coming out of a pandemic and the the horror of, of the notion of having a conversation with a complete stranger in public <laughs> no was prepared for that um but anyways uh back back to where we were um some some of the things i'll just talk about some of the things i liked i guess and we'll just sort of go back and forth on that and we'll try to wrap this up because we i feel like we've we've got we've kind of gotten it off our chests yeah uh we you know it's down but i i did want to you know talk about uh trevor Furman. i thought he was great as elias uh blockchain was pretty good i talked about being it was cool to see veronica again and they, it almost seemed like they were going to rekindle the flame you know kind of yeah. that he was going to pay but i'm glad they didn't i'm glad that she was just as, sort of as a friend She's just always supported Dante no matter what, and that that hasn't changed, and I love that. Um, and it was fun to see all the recreations and stuff, but man, just the twenty years of difference from seeing those guys, like I just couldn't <laughs> get over it. I do appreciate the whole part where uh, Kevin Smith steps in as like the DP or whatever. <laughs> 
like the shooter Bob. And he, yes. And when he does, when he does have his big moment of speech, it's usually just him being Kevin Smith, just fucking Kevin Smith <laughs> talking about he's just the director of this thing now. I did. I did really love the treatment that they gave Jay and Bob in this movie. Mm-hmm. It was like I loved because <clears throat> because there were layers to the jokes. I mean, like some of the stuff was just straight references to other stuff, and some of the stuff like when they were doing the Jay dancing scene, like you had to know that story to get that joke. Yeah, and it's like if you're if you're a Kevin Smith fan, you know that story because you've heard right. him tell it before. You've watched many times. With Kevin Smith. You so many you know times, that story, yeah. right? But it's when I was like, I loved that there were levels of if you're somebody new to it, like you'll oh, there's Chulies, I, I recognize. Oh, nails, cigarette, I recognize. Like you'll recognize the some of those stuff, and I like that you get the deeper you want to go into the world of Kevin Smith the more you can appreciate what he's putting in his films. And so the stories from his real life, the stories from the things they've done. And I, I just, I loved how, I mean, like Jay, Jay and Bob were, I mean, exactly how, uh, Don, or how Randall, you know, critiqued him was like, they're C3PO and R2D2. It's like, they were cool in the first one. They've just been around so long now that like, now they're just around for the lunchbox. They're just yeah, it's like they're just around for the lunchbox. But it's like I love I love that uh, that they did. I mean that Kevin Smith, you know, because even in that line where he gets to explain the black and white, it's like right, it and it, like, it's it makes sense. Yeah, I was like I, I loved, I mean, and so I was like, and then just I mean the fact that Jay was able, to, I mean, like he was criticizing his own self like is like the jay that exists now that we all know who's a great dad who's kicked some horrible habits who's a responsible guy i mean who's alive because of kevin smith yeah and thriving in the world's like those are cool things that like as people who are on the fringe of this universe as like we all get to kind of be a part of kevin smith's world from the outside looking in and so it's like I don't know Jay Muse. You don't know Jay Muse, but we can both celebrate the fact that the guy that he is today making this movie and doing the things he does is because of the people around him that have, you know, rallied around him. It's like these guys. And, and when you, and you watch the final product and you see the fact that, you know, Ernie O'Donnell and all of these other guys is like, <laughs> that was one of those things in that post credits thing where they're like, the fact that he's still, I mean, like, you still have all these people that are a part of Kevin Smith's world. He's call up, he's like, hey, we're doing Clerks 3. We're doing it in Leonardo. I, you yeah. know, I want you to come back and I want you, we're going to shoot this. We're going to, it's going to be an homage to the original. And you get all these things. Oh, I love like, that the owner of the Quick Stop and R- RST video are still alive. Like, yeah. St- that was know, so cool. Still, <laughs> it was. It was and definitely just, good. Like, to, like, cause, cl- I mean, clearly he's been a, the beneficiary to some degree of Kevin Smith's success. But it's one of those uh, things that, like... That place has to be a tourist attraction. People have to just oh, yeah. stop in there and buy a map and take a picture. Like, there's no doubt. No and doubt. It, it's cool because it's one of those things like... That could have gone either way. Like, it could have been like... The guy could have been like, you know... You know, he could, he could have been a total jerk. He could have been like... You know, when, when Kevin left, he's like, no, we're done. You know, yeah, you made your little movie. It's like... But... It, it's when I was like, when even just when you're watching those, you know, those couple little scenes in that little 
quick documentary that they they made that they were showing after the fact. I was like, okay, these guys. I'm like, you know, even Kevin talks like oh, I've known his son for years. I was like, you know, you had this shitty job in a convenience store that like launched you into this thing. It's like there was no. I mean, even after they did Clerks, it's like there's not necessarily a huge reason. I mean, like when they made Mallrats and Chasing Amy, it's like those were yeah part of the Jersey trilogy. It was like they didn't have any real connection to the clerk stuff other than Jay and Silent Bob and, and you know, a handful of other references. So it was like to come back to that place and to keep coming back to that well and to keep making that a pivotal part of his existence, you know, really, I, I loved that there's that dedication. It was like in some of the things, especially, you know, in who Kevin Smith is, like I love that there's there really is that sentimental part of him that has this connection to all these people. And, you know, and that all of these things are as important. Like, he he's never, you know, like, because you hear the stories of some of these, some of the people in Hollywood that, you know, they started from humble beginnings. Like, not to pick on Jennifer Lawrence, but she's one of the first ones that pop into my mind. Is like, when she was kind of the, the new darling on the scene and she was this goofy, you know, like, you know, I'm from Kentucky. She was, she was, uh, you know, she yeah. had a breakout role and she was doing great things and winning awards and, you know, she was just kind of herself. And it's like, you know, I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan, but I also, I'm not like a hater, but it's just one of those things yeah. like she's, if, when I look at her now, she, to me seems like, not that she's just some, you know, witch to work with or anything like that, but like, she seems very Hollywood. Um, and not that that's a mm-hmm. bad thing, but it's like, okay, I feel like Kevin is one of those guys like, you know, not that he ever has been overtly Hollywood, but it's like, you know, when he did cop out and I mean, he's done things like these are Hollywood things. They're not blockbusters. They're not huge. He still, he, to me, he still feels like an outsider, like looking in, not able to believe that he's still there. I mean, for God's sakes, he bought Ben Affleck's old house. Yeah. Moved into it. I mean, he's just, I mean, who, who does that? Really? I mean, like what director buys like, yeah. a coworker, like an actor of theirs, you know, who Ben, ben was his feature actor for a while. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's really funny. But he, he doesn't forget where he's, he's very humble. I hope that in, when it's all said and done, that Hollywood, the motion picture association, whatever you want to call it. I hope that they do take time to, to properly, uh, give credit to Kevin Smith and the influence that he's had on a lot of young yeah. filmmakers or just content creators. Maybe not a film per se, but his words of encouragement are, you know, real. He truly believes the message that he preaches. Yeah. He wants people to go out and make their thing. And you cannot help but feel a little bit inspired after every time you hear him talk about that stuff. He does and, not forget where he comes from, and I, he will never forget. No. And I think that's an amazing thing. Like, it's the reason I'm still such a huge fan of his. Like, honestly, a lot of his more recent movies have not been great movies. I just appreciate him. I want to support the guy, and there's elements that I like, but at least Clark's 3 feels more like a back on track. Like, this felt like a movie, yeah. not just an excuse to get the game together. I mean, there's parts of that in it, for sure. He balanced but, it out a lot better in this one than yeah. Reboot. Reboot was very Re- much just fan service with oh, the yeah. goofy, you know, because that felt that felt a lot more like we're making a Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back 2. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one really did feel like, okay, 
I want to I want to make one more, at least one more really good, you know, story about these guys. It might. It's not yeah. gonna. You know, it's not gonna. You know, win a bunch of awards. It's not gonna. You know, make hundreds of millions of dollars. But it's like. But for me and my people, it's gonna be. Because I've seen a handful of people that have told us like it's not perfect, and none of us are mm-hmm. expecting perfection from from Kevin. But it's one of those right. things. Is like I think that was one of those things. Like even when I, you know, when I put it all on the scale, the good far outweighs whatever I would take away from it. And as a huge fan of his, because I, I think that's one of those things. Is like it's it feels good to be a fan of Kevin Smith because it feels like he really appreciates his his people. And he makes movies for everybody to see, but he does, he's like, you guys are the ones that have been with me since 94. You guys are the ones that put me on the map. And every day that I got food on the table and, you know, and I got, I, I got this life to live, it's like, you guys are the ones that stick by me. You guys are the ones that when I make He-Man and everybody wants to come out and shit all over it <laughs> for whatever reason, you're like, yeah, but we love Kevin. It's like, Just if it bitch. worked, if it didn't, whatever it was, we love Kevin. By the way, a, I like that He Man. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's, it's one of those. I mean, like you know, what? what I mean, I don't love. And it doesn't Tusk. even feel like a Kevin Smith thing either, really. I mean, to be yeah. honest, you know, it's just He Man stuff. But it's like, I thought it was pretty good. And and it's one of those things. Like, okay, not everything that everybody does is always just. Oh my gosh, it was out of this. It was like, but it's one of those things. Where I'm like, we love Kevin Smith. And yeah. it's like whatever he's gonna do, it's like we I mean, we are the Kevin Smith army of people that are like, Yeah, I'll I'll you know, I'll buy this, I'll buy this like we we're gonna stick by him 'cause because he is that guy that, you know, for everybody it's like, you know, he always thought like, Oh, I was and even with his movie, it's like, Oh, I wanted to, you know, he always wanted to write a movie or you always wanted to do this or always wanted to it's like he's the guy it's like not only did he do it, but like he would be like if he was sitting here on this podcast with us, he'd be like, "Why the fuck haven't you guys written a movie?" Because you guys can't. <laughs> yeah, he would. Because he, he would. Would've. He would be like, "You guys have stories to tell. There's nothing he would different angry, about right? me than you guys." <laughs> it's like he would be the one that would be encouraging anybody and everybody. Do it. Take your shot. Yeah. I mean, maybe it works like me. Maybe it doesn't. But it's like there's no reason to not take your shot. It's like he's always been that guy. That was been I think championing. the people, those people with a creative streak, are drawn to Kevin. I mean, that's I think yeah. everyone that's a fan of Kevin has probably like some sort of content they've created out there, <laughs> uh, or or just hasn't haven't had the courage to start it yet. Yeah, and that that's what he was always there to to yell out. You know, just just do it. You know, you yeah. you will learn. You will get better. Uh, just do it. And you will get just just keep just keep doing it. <laughs> and it, it, it so. made me happy because I, I loved I loved that he and Affleck have I'm like it happened more so in reboot is you know where they it was like okay they're back on good I was glad to see I I loved the little <laughs> the the, uh, the montage of mm-hmm. auditions that was just fun yeah was like like yeah, Kevin Kevin's friends showing yeah. their support basically I was like this is great and it was like and Affleck was just so over the top Affleck and I just loved it yes so it was so much fun but I, I loved I love that Mosier was in there too I love that like, his character's name is Boston John yeah. <laughs> like, that what? was so good. But I enjoyed the montage thing. And it's funny when you look at the top cast of the movie on IMDb, it looks like a big, huge, gigantic Hollywood movie. Yeah. 
but but they're all of it in that montage scene. It's just that like the five minutes of the movie where they're like, and they're like, yeah, we're not going to use any of these guys for the movie. We're just going to no, use regular no. people. Right, exactly. I mean, Amy Sedaris has like a, a, a pretty substantial yeah. role. Uh, he does give Justin Long a little like he he's like, hey, man, you stuck because of Tusk. You and I, are like, we, we came out of the other yeah. end of that thing unscathed for the most part that was that uh, was great that he had that little that little role for him right just kind of pops in there as the nurse uh so you know i i don't have anything else to say about it it's good or bad uh i i think i i told you my i've come around to a grade of b i just give it a b yeah it's a solid b i like it better than uh reboot yeah, and I don't hate reboot. I'm not trying to hate on reboot. It was no. a good be, a good bit of fan service, um, but this I like this better. Uh, this this movie I'll return to. Oh yeah, uh, part of part of which I just love the characters, uh, but I, it's just also like looking back. It you know it's a good movie when you're thinking about it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I hate I hate when I see a movie and then just completely fucking forget about it like a week later. Yeah, like, I know I saw that movie, right? Didn't we go see that movie? Like I can barely remember. Like movies like Buzz Lightyear, you know, like <laughs> like I saw the movie, was perfectly entertained to it, entertained by it throughout the movie. Now I can barely remember a beat about the movie. And oh yeah, it hasn't been been a couple months since I've seen it. Yeah, there, when when you watch a movie, and you're like, because I'll I'll see it was like I 100 percent know that I saw this movie over here, but. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and and when I say that, I say that in the, with the express knowledge that if you pick up this movie over here, it's like, oh, at minute thirty-seven twenty-six, when this guy is talking to this guy, if you look in the background, you could see a guy where, and like, I know those kinds of things about mm-hmm. this other movie. It's like, my, it's not like, oh, you know, my brain's. It was like, ah, just what I can't remember. No, I can remember stupid, ridiculous details about other things in other movies. But like this movie here is like I want I went to the theater to see this. I could mm-hmm. not tell you any I couldn't tell you a scene from this movie. And I just it kills me sometimes I'm like I know yeah. that I've seen this. I have a yeah. ticket stub somewhere to prove it. I was there. That's exactly what I feel. Like I, was I like, know I saw that movie and I remember not feeling okay about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just have no desire to see it again. Yeah. Uh, at least I feel I, I at least feel like I want to see it. Like you know, you know it's a good movie when you're excited to see it again on on like home release. So oh yeah. I am looking forward to that announcement whenever it is. I don't know if he's going to hang on to it for a while or if he's going to release it digitally. It, it seems like it would be smart to just go ahead and release it while it's somewhat still in the news cycle or whatever, you know. <clears throat> but yeah, any anything else you want to add? As I, far I as think like we can rating. I'm, I mean, are you kind of? I'm the I'm right there with you at the B. I think it yeah because it's it's solid. I enjoyed it. There's there's obstacles that I don't think that they totally got over in the best way possible. But I do. I mean, the, the performances that you get in this movie, especially if you're a Kevin Smith fan, like. Like you said, I mean, reboot is great fan service. It's goofy. It's fun. You know, I could yeah. I could turn it on and enjoy it, but I can say with Clerks Three, I will gravitate towards it at times to want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I really, I re- I really did enjoy it a lot. With it's funny you meant we keep mentioning reboot. We can't help but 
make, compare because I mean, I mean other I mean, Mallrats is the other big one, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, the, these are things that you're just going to be interested in as far as if they are going to remake something. Jay and Silent Bob, you know, that that's reboot for sure is one of them. Clerks is obviously another one. I don't know what else you could do. Chasing Amy, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Um, because who the hell would want to watch those guys in their like fifties having the same fucking conversations? Doesn't really work. Yeah. No, it, it it's a good movie. I, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I the the reasons why I feel unhappy with it at times, I can at least rationalize. Uh, I, I hate it when when a, when a filmmaker makes a choice in a movie just seemingly to antagonize me. You know, it's it's the uh, and and not that I'm a huge fan of the movie I Am Legend, but in in order for the whole third act to happen, the dog has to die. So that's when I was like, yeah, you don't no, want the dog right, to die. He has to, he has to snap. But in order for the third act of that movie to happen, the dog has to die. At least the way that it's presented. you know. So that's when I was like, the, for this movie to work the way that it does, some of the things you don't like or don't want to happen in it had to happen the way they, they did. Because yeah. otherwise it, oh, yeah. it doesn't. And so it's like, in being able to accept that, I was like, okay, I will accept it with this disclaimer. It's like, I would have liked if this would have been done differently, or I would have liked if we could have done that differently. But because these were the guardrails that we couldn't go past, what we got was really great. Yeah. Man, way to, way to sum it up, man. I like that. <laughs> Very nice, dude. Well done. Uh, okay. Well, then I guess that means we will just go ahead and start, you know, let's awkwardly playing our way out. Finish it. <laughs> awkwardly exit the show yeah <laughs> this has been this has been our uh review i guess i don't know whatever our our mastering of clerks 3 uh not not available to see in theaters unfortunately anymore but oh, keep just just subscribe to kevin smith like follow his instagram or or twitter account you'll definitely get He'll 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 promote when it's available for home yeah. video. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. So, but you but you are gonna have to seek it out. It's not gonna be one of those things you're gonna see like a big advertising blitz. <laughs> it's just, no, it's you'll just have gonna, to look for it. But it's worth it's it. It's gonna be it's gonna be two years from now. You're gonna see it on the like end cap of Target, and you're gonna be like, oh shit, that yeah. Oh, the, I remember I those couple I of white bras. This goes straight to video, like right. <laughs> they were talking about this. They were definitely, most definitely talking about this. But yeah, uh, thanks for thanks for sticking with us as always, Adam, uh, my my uh, co-host and fellow Kevin Smith appreciator. Thank you. And uh, I'll tell you what, coming out soon. As 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 uh, Jabba says goodbye. <laughs> I fucked up the intro, the outro again. Yes, I kind of <laughs> like that as our signature more than anything, honestly. I do. I fuck it up every time. I'm no, totally was, fine with I, it. I was going to try and work in our uh, uh, our uh, Halloween spooktacular. The spooktacular volume three. Yeah, we're doing Coming it. Soon. We're still gonna. We're 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 fully planning on um, doing several movies, and we've we've picked our list of movies, and we're gonna be we're gonna begin recording those starting tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. Uh, we got some good ones. Uh, we may have some special guests like we usually do. But, you know, the, the, the 
this time of year and I'm, I don't want to just like solely switch to doing horror movies because I think it makes it special when we get to this time of year yeah you just feel like talking about these movies but four weeks just does not seem long enough like you really four gotta, weeks is not enough it, I think it needs it's kind of like the holiday shopping season it needs to keep getting we need to keep stretching it we right? do so we're actually going to start doing uh, Spooktacular in September and we may continue it into November <laughs> We probably so, will. If you are a fan of listening to us talk about horror movies or thrillers, um, boy, oh boy, you're in for a treat. If you are not, then uh, we will be seeing you probably in three or four months because you yeah. never know with our release schedule. We hope we we bid you uh, a safe, safe, safe travels and whatever you you know hope. You, you accomplish and achieve all of your goals. God, this is like the worst outro ever. We love you so much. We do. We appreciate you. We love you. I, I really do. I love you all. I want to be with each and every one of you. I want to be near you. <laughs> Maybe we could get I an apartment your together. One other. <laughs> Took your mom out for a, a seafood dinner. Anyway, um, how have we not done Anchorman yet? That's nuts. I don't know. It's coming. It's we coming one of that. these days. We should oh, do that Jesus too. Christ. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a good one. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>